Did perimenopause or menopause catch you off guard? Weird symptoms appearing from nowhere? Wondering who is this person who's inhabiting your body? And most of all, having no one to talk to about it? It happened to me, too. And with all the chaos that it was causing me, I knew I had to figure it out. I dug in, reading often outdated books and searching obscure references on the internet. I learned how our shifting reproductive hormones mess with every cell in our bodies. And as I realized how complete this hormonal disruption was, I became determined to help other women understand and control their own menopause journey. Because menopause matters. And here, we talk about all things menopause. I'm your host, Jean Andrus, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Jean Andrus, the menopause guru, and this is Menopause Matters, the podcast where we talk all things menopause. And today I have with me the delightful Kathy White. Kathy is, let me read you her biography. She is the founder of the Joint Renewal System, and she has been a yoga instructor for over 20 years. She's also a psychotherapist and coach. And when she hit those perimenopausal years, one of her symptoms amongst many was joint pain. I understand that because it was one of mine at one point. With aching back, sore knees, she almost gave up on yoga. However, she happened upon a revolutionary approach to yoga developed in Brazil, and she retrained from that method and integrating her own yoga background. She now teaches her students a way to rejuvenate, restore, and stay mobile as they age. Kathy, welcome to Menopause Matters. Thanks, Jean. They're lovely to be here. And yeah, great to see you again, because I know you came to one of my classes just recently. I did. Is there anything else you'd like to add about your background or how you reached this point in your yoga practice? No, I think I think that's, you know, I can go a little bit more into the story of, of finding the, the Kayute method and what I've integrated from that method from my old yoga systems, you know, as we discuss the yoga itself. But I think that's good enough to go. I think we're, <laughs> we're ready to go. Okay. So I did come to one of your classes. So as one of the things that I do in researching this is try and at least find out as much as I can about how your thing works. And in this case, it's a joint renewal system through yoga. And I went to a class last week and it was very gentle. It was very adaptive in that it wasn't one of these things where you go in and the teacher says, get an XYZ pose and then just says, hold it. But you you allowed us to explore into how those things felt and change and move as we needed. So, and in fact, there were very few traditional yoga poses in it. Can you speak a little yeah. to how you work with that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it's it's kind of like people say, ah, this isn't yoga. And it's like, well, it is, because what it actually does what my teacher, Francisco Kayit, did was he looked at what was going on in the yoga field and thought, you know, our Western bodies just aren't really coping with these very highly evolved ancient practices, which come from the, you know, 
Indian culture that says that has a different DNA, a different a different way of using their using their their body, and so these poses that we impose on our system are, are far too complex in a way. So breaking the poses down to the component parts is like what's really essential. Well, we need the three major girdles. We need the hips, we need the shoulders, and we need the ankles all to be working really well. So the kind of poses that we were doing, I'm trying to remember what class we were doing. A lot of lot of legs up the wall. A lot of legs up the wall, exactly. So what we're doing there is we're actually massaging the pelvis and the, gaining a relationship to the low back and moving the feet and doing some quite intense footwork, if I remember correctly, flexing <laughs> the feet, pointing the feet, yeah. and understanding that actually, you know, we need to have our feet really healthy before we start imposing you know complicated back bends wheels chakrasanas whatever they are is like how are your feet doing and i really i i love it when a yogi comes and who is very experienced in yoga or a yoga teacher or something they come to one of my classes and they're just like eyes wide open like oh my god i had no idea that there was so much stiffness in my ankles for example so they they because the, what happens is you can bypass a lot you know and i know mm -hmm. this from my own practice you can bypass things and accommodate for stiffness or stuff in in the body and still make the shape of a pose but really not understand the pose for its functional gift because every pose has a functional gift. We want to function in this world. We want to be mobile in this world. And what can this pose do to help towards that functionality? Right, right. So I know when I was, I have not done a lot of feet up the wall uh, or, or legs up the wall work in many, many, many months. And I know that for me, at one point, my feet cramped badly and I got up and I was walking around the room and I said, uh, and you asked me if I was okay, if I was okay. And I said, my feet cramped. And you said, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I don't think I've ever really known whether or not you, you thought the cramping was good or the fact that I got up and dealt with it was good. <laughs> what I say is cramps are good. Yes. No, okay. that's good to have a cramp. So what I mean by that is when our feet cramp, especially when you've had legs up the wall, first of all, legs up the wall really helps build circulation you know we, we have this idea typically in our minds that oh to get good circulation get good heart rate and everything else that we have to do massive amounts of exercise and go for long jogs or get on machines and you know pump our, our body pump make the heart pump faster well legs up the wall is like a the the lazy man's way of getting the same benefits <laughs> Because That's what happens is you you elevate your legs and the blood drains into the heart and the baroreceptors around the heart, which moderate you know blood pressure all the time, suddenly get this this influx of of new of blood coming in and it's like oh pressure's going up. You've kind of tricked the baroreceptors to go oh pressure's going up and so it will regulate and bring the heart rate back down. So you've just created this little hmm. flurry of activity around the heart which is brilliant for circulation and you know the heart does have to work harder to keep the blood pumping up against gravity. 
And for many of us, we don't have good circulation, especially as we age, especially as we're in menopause. And so the the reason why the feet cramp very easily is because the blood has drained a little bit. And then those muscles, ligaments, tendons that are sleepy anyway, they're not used very well. They're clothed in socks and shoes and have been for 50 years. And, and so we, we ask them to flex or to point and the foot goes, ah, I don't do that, which is basically a cramp. <laughs> it's the foot's reaction to something it hasn't done for a while. Which is kind of interesting because I don't wear shoes very much at home. I spend a lot of time, even even in the smoother parts of the yard, I have a lot of rocks in my yard, so I'm not out on the, the rocky path. But I do spend a lot of time with my feet bare or just in some socks, depending on, on the temperature, of course. But yeah, so it, it was an experience for me to have them cramp that badly does that get better oh it definitely gets better definitely okay. gets better yeah I've seen it with students I've seen it with my own feet definitely uh, okay it really really does get better and you know to say Jean yes barefoot is brilliant you know helps really helps ground everything else and you know if you think about the origin of our feet that they were actually more like hands you yeah know? millennia ago and they've developed into feet and we became upright and everything else but they still have that potentiality so within them there is such a complexity of of possibility of movement and we use like 10 percent of that potential just like we use 10 percent of our potential of just about everything else yeah exactly <laughs> exactly right so, so so okay so there's a lot of footwork Let's talk about the low back and the hips, because that has a tendency to be incredibly, you know, I've talked to so many women who um, have wound up at a orthopedist or rheumatologist thinking that they have arthritis because they have what's actually known as menopause arthritis, which is simply that, that, that estrogen retreating from our joints makes them a little bit stiffer, a little bit more uh, difficult to stay loose, stay comfortable. Um, so let's, let's talk a little bit about how is this helping to move in additional fluid or what is it doing to the, to our joints in particular let's talk about knees and hips yeah yeah <laughs> so and shoulders and shoulders <laughs> heads and shoulders knees and toes yes. um, <laughs> yeah the yeah, hips are left off, off of that but they shouldn't be <laughs> the whole system um what we're actually doing in the joints is we're applying pressure that's the main thing. Like joints really respond well to pressure. They're designed for pressure. They're designed to, you know, if you think of a ball and socket joint, it's designed to take that gravity, take that movement. Mm -hmm. They're also designed for variety. 
Like again, look at a ball and socket, a ball, 360 degrees. Now, I don't suggest you're going to move your hip socket 360 degrees, <laughs> even if you're applying for Cirque du Soleil. Um, I, will say, I will say that there was a slippery spot last night that uh, tried to make my knee go in a direction it didn't want to go. <laughs> it didn't want to go. Yeah, exactly. So the, the, um, the, the pressure and the variety are what brings the joint back to health. And to actually, you know, move your joint into a, a position where you kind of just, and maybe it's a slight different angle and it could be the shoulder joint. It could be the hip joint. It could be moving the ankle joint and those three main girdles. And you're just moving it. It's like one day you'll do the position. So you're doing the same position. So so in theory, but actually you're doing it slightly different because you'll have your legs slightly differently or you'll lean forward slightly differently or you engage your arms slightly differently. And that variety over time, it really builds adaptability and sustainability within the joint. The pressure is... We apply pressure and in a way we limit and restrict circulation around the joint. When there's pressure on it, mm -hmm. it's almost like it gets dammed up. Okay. So okay. You get, okay. Pressure, pressure, pressure. It's not getting the full movement, circulation, everything. So that when you release it, then the blood flows in and flushes out all the toxins and generates new oxygenation and synovial fluid and the whole cartilage can be re rejuvenated and everything else. So the idea is that systematically you're going through different joints in the body, holding pressure, tightness, like in, in a way you're finding the tightness, you're finding the restriction. We're actually looking for the restriction. Mm -hmm. Then we release, then we pause, we rest and the body, the circulation will just flow into that joint and bring with it the new nutrients for restoration and healing. I'm going to ask, I don't know if it's, this is part of it. What about lymph fluids? I know that for me, when my knee is acting up, my left knee is acting up, it tends to build lymph fluid and, and get inflammation in it. Is that part of what we're dealing with here is yeah i mean we're, what we're looking for is just generally movement i mean we are 70 percent water what happens to water when it doesn't move it stagnates well we are no different mm -hmm. so and the, the problem with pain and we could you know have a, a another kind of little side talk about pain but the problem with pain is that people get scared and they stop moving yeah. And and then that reinforces in the mind that that's an area to protect and not go into. So that's why when you describe the, the yoga is very gentle, it has to be gentle to calm the mind down. Mm. Because if you're going like, OK, I'm going to go to yoga <laughs> and, <laughs> and striding into some power Ashtanga class, then you're going to terrify yourself. Your joints are going to all be like clenched and yeah. no way you'll get into the joints in the same way that you will if you're rested and, re and relaxed. And then you start to make a gentle inquiry into, okay, where is that stiffness? 
Where is that swelling? Where is that inflammation? And obviously, if something's really inflamed, you wouldn't you wouldn't want to move it for a couple of weeks. You'd take a break for from it and everything. I mean, not being just being careful and you know, really watching because there can be a significant amount of chronic pain that's actually caused by neural circuitry that's just firing continually. Right. Hasn't stopped firing, even though the joint or the area of the body has actually healed biomechanically. Yeah. Do you have any suggestions for how to handle that how to start calming those neuro yeah well you have to you have to really um, go slowly Uh and you have to train yourself that this is safe this Uh is safe and this and actually reframe what the actual sensation in the body is and that's why yoga can super help that because with the time you spend in a pose like we'll do a long hold the time you spend in the pose, you get to just focus on that joint, but also within the context of the whole body. So it's it's kind of like a somatics practice. You're just feeling. Can you feel that? Can you feel that? Where does it feel tighter? Where does it feel looser? Where does mm-hmm. it feel more restricted? And so you're being really super curious. And that engages the curiosity is a different part of the brain than the one that's so focused on the the pain receptors right right so you're changing your relationship to that area of your body because you're activating different circuitry from the brain which are curiousness openness compassion kindness all those kind of things different feelings within your own emotional system and so you're approaching the body entirely differently that's cool uh Shoot, I had another question here, and it seems to have fled for the moment. Um, oh, I know what it was. So do you, how often do you uh, like for people to practice? And what kinds of things should they be doing in the meantime? So if we're talking about, I mean, not everybody needs to be in a restorative yoga class, probably. <laughs> um, <laughs> But if somebody is coming to you because they have shoulder pain or low back issues or knee issues or all of the above, how often would you like to see them in a class practicing this? Yeah, I mean, obviously, people have to make their own commitment. And what I can say is, if you come once a week, you'll possibly maintain your body where it is today mm-hmm. right if you come twice a week so and which is pretty amazing pretty mm-hmm. amazing and, and you might not you might you might still see signs of aging and deterioration with just mm-hmm. once a week right if you come twice a week you will definitely maintain your body where it is today and that is quite remarkable because you're aging and you're mm-hmm. getting you're getting older 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 but if you're maintaining your body you're actually you, you are improving exactly <laughs> so, so you have to you have to kind of put it into the context it's like oh I still have this hip pain it's like yeah but has it got any worse no well that's amazing yeah truly and so so I you know I have to coach my my students sometimes to see that kind of perspective that kind of context it's like well it hasn't got any better and we all expect it to get better. So I've been coming for a year. It hasn't got any better. It's like, well, you're a year older and is your hip any worse? No, it's not. 
well, that is incredible. You're a year old and it's still the same. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. Now, for those students who really want to make an impact and actually want to kind of reverse aging, as it were, which is possible, and I've seen it in my own body, and I'm pretty dedicated, I do yoga every day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now, the second thing I'd ask is if somebody is doing your some form of restorative yoga, can they be doing other things on other days of the week or without? Oh, for sure, for sure, for sure. I mean, what I would say is that if you make, and, and, you know, I'm hesitant to call this kind of yoga restorative, John. I mean, I know you've you've called it that because people kind of understand what it is and it's different because if people come to this thinking they're coming to a restorative class, they'll, They'll be shocked because they'll, you know, like the class I was teaching today, people were sweating because we were holding the things for so long and they had to work quite hard. And I mean, not exactly sweating, but, you know, it was it was pretty intense. And people Mm -hmm. were like, wow, that was quite, quite the intense class. And it's because it has a rhythm. It has a change. So some classes will be much more gentle and restorative and some classes are quite strengthening and lots of strong. So, you know, it has a variety in the practice. So. If people want to do other things, it's like, yes, that's exactly (laughs) what yoga is. Like make yoga your foundation from which you can bounce off into your what playing golf playing tennis going cycling hiking um going to some other gym class or doing something else you know if you like spin classes or or dancing like but the yoga for me it becomes foundational because everything I move my body very differently I have a very different relationship to my body and especially that body that went through the change yeah how menopause really, really shifts your relationship to your body. And it's a point at which I've seen many women almost fall out. If they were if they were in love with their body before, they fall out of love. And others who weren't in love with their body before fall even out more out of love with their body. <laughs> And and exactly. don't trust and don't trust their body. And so to have a practice, a, a once a week, a twice a week, a, an everyday practice where you just get on your mat with you, and really learn to love this animal self that we are, this human self, and love this body for everything that it does for you. There's such healing in that. Wonderful. So if somebody wanted to get in touch with you about this practice, and first of all, let me say that I did the class through Zoom. I was not anywhere near, you're in Vancouver, right? Vancouver Island. Island, Yeah, in Canada. And I was in Louisiana when I did the class. So I was very far away and uh, it worked perfectly. Well, it worked almost perfectly. (laughs) (laughs) I will say that probably if you, um, it takes, uh, probably takes a few times to get the zoom down just right. Sure. (laughs) And get get your equipment sorted and see what you can improvise from home. Because I say to people, don't go out and buy all sorts of fancy yoga, yoga equipment. You've got everything you need at home, but you just need to maybe 
try what works, what doesn't work for the different poses, poses right. of props that we use. But so people can find me yes. on uh, www.kathywhiteyoga.com. So that's Kathy with a K, okay. white with an I, kathywhiteyoga, all one word, dot com. And uh, the, the best thing to do is I would say sign up for my free um, joint renewal guide. And in that I share much more detail about the process. I've talked about it a little bit today um, and how how the joint renewal actually works and how it works in your system. And then once you're on my mailing list, I can also send you information. You can also sign up for classes like what Jean did um, to have a Zoom class with me. And I have a membership area and I have all sorts of other things. I have a three-month yoga coaching program, which is very popular and yeah, there's lots of different ways to access and, and get in touch. And, and John, just to say that, you know, obviously I'd love to see people if they feel, if they resonate with me, but find a teacher who you do resonate with and don't be hesitant to try lots of different teachers before you do. There is a yeah. yoga practice out there for everyone. I really, really believe that. And and keep searching, keep looking if you don't find the one straight away. Don't give up because you go to some class and some teachers being a bit mean and telling you all to do these terribly difficult poses and you think, I can't do yoga. <laughs> no, you can't do that yoga. That's all it is. Yeah, yeah, that's wonderful. We're going to take a short break here. And when we come back, Kathy is going to give us her best tip for women who are going through their menopausal journey. And then we're going to talk about three things making each of us smile today. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Are you running on empty? Do you wake up in the morning feeling like you're done for the day? before you even get out of bed? Menopause can do that to you. The changes in menopause echo throughout your body, causing symptoms like depression, anger, GERD, weight gain, insomnia, and fatigue. The symptoms can last for decades. I've helped hundreds of women get better sleep, wake up full of energy that lasts the whole day, and ditch all the other symptoms that were dragging them down. I'd like to offer you a free consultation with me to find out how you can take control of your menopause journey and feel better now. You can schedule your time to talk at menopause.guru slash consult. Welcome back, everybody. I'm here with Kathy White of Kathy White Yoga, who teaches joint renewal system yoga. And she, I, I'm going to ask you, Kathy, to give us your one best tip for women going through their menopausal journey. Mm. One best tip is don't give up. <laughs> I, think I think we've had that one before, but I'm going to let you go, <laughs> go with it. <laughs> I think, you know, to see it in the context of um, it's an amazing change to go through. It's a hugely powerful change for the body, but also for the mind and the psyche, like to move into your wisdom years and to to embrace it. And unfortunately, we live in a culture that's full of kind of um, youth orientated. Oh, you got to be younger, beautiful, thinner, this, that, and the other. And especially for women, it's like really try and eliminate that. Have conversations with girlfriends. 
and support your sisterhood who is moving through menopause together do it together and and don't you know reach out get help get support there's all sorts of amazing resources of which this podcast is incredible so yeah just just keep asking the questions and stay with it um you you're you're doing great that's what i'd like to say to everyone that's awesome kathy it i'm I'm just going to let people know we are actually recording this just before Christmas so that if uh, if we talk about December holiday, things making us smile, that's why, even though this is being broadcast far later. So, Kathy, one thing making you smile today. One thing making me smile, I would say, is looking forward to solstice. So, yeah, for me, you know, as much as it's that time of year, there's Hanukkah for my Jewish friends, there's Christmas for my Christian friends. And for me, solstice, that return of the light in the northern hemisphere, just a, a very simple, beautiful moment. I always do a meditation. I do a guided meditation for my yoga students. Um, people can join online, but obviously this is going out after Christmas next year, 2023. <laughs> join me for my solstice meditation. But that's making me smile. Just thinking, wow, here we are. And it, the light's coming it's back December. already. <laughs> yeah. So I'm going to say I I had a chance to make a trip to Vermont and spent some time with my grandkids and my son and daughter-in-law that I don't normally get to do in December. So what's making me smile is that as soon as we get off this podcast, I get to go downstairs and play with my grandkids some more. Another one from you. Nice. Another one from me is my husband has booked a plumber to come in and do some bathroom renovations. Da, 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 da. Ooh, how awesome! <laughs> that made, made me smile. Yes. Okay. So something making me smile is I'm just thinking about my own. So I'm far from home, and it just being this far from home kind of makes me appreciate my own space and home that much more and there's just this part of me as as I was thinking about what makes me smile about thinking about my backyard and my dog and my pool and my husband and all of those I okay he came last when I listed it but he doesn't come last in in my thoughts and prayers Mm -hmm. Uh, but just the gratitude I feel for having that special special place that place of mine last one Kathy Mm. So one more thing that makes me smile today is that I, on a Monday, I, which is the day we're recording this, I get to play with kids in my kids yoga class. I teach a kids, uh, yeah, kids yoga class. I just do it for a local municipal facility uh, up the road. How neat is that? A minute drive from my home, just once and uh, yeah, so the kids are going to be bouncing in and we're going to have lots of fun. And I, I love that little class. I mean, That's it's great. not really yoga. It's just like fun and games. And <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, having helping kids get that relationship to their body at that age and feeling that they are feeling the competence of mm-hmm. that. And that's something that can happen, whether, you know, so many of our sports and all are are predicated on are you good at it yes exactly Um, and and they're all brilliant at yoga 
yeah regardless of body size shape <laughs> you know whether they can do the pose or not they they're just right. doing it wonderfully yeah right so I guess I'm gonna have to say that that my third thing is running and last night I I got the opportunity to go on a Christmas run and it was my grandson's very first quote race mm. and he did brilliantly and ran the whole thing with his mom and a couple of cousins and it was a whole big family party going to this thing it was just so much fun Brilliant. and so beautiful because we were running through the lights and then we had snow on top of that so the snow was coming down the whole time mm. and it was just gorgeous and I I snow makes me smile too <laughs> Nice I can say that living in Louisiana now. I don't yes. get sick of it. Yes, of course. <laughs> Kathy, thank you so much for spending this time with me. If you are interested in hearing more about what Kathy does, in the show notes is how to get to her website and to get in touch with Kathy, how to take a class and all of that is on her website. And I really appreciate the work that you put into making that something quite a bit different than we normally see in the world. And it's designed for us as we go through this journey. Brilliant. Thanks, oh, Thank you. Thank you, Jean. Pleasure to be here. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please submit a rating and review and share it with a friend. Menopause has many annoying symptoms, but not many are worse than the lack of sleep. If you are one of the 90% of women who suffer from menopausal insomnia and or fatigue, I'd love to offer you my free download, Five Tips to Get Better Sleep Tonight. You can get it at menopausematterspodcast.com slash sleep. And let me know which of these tips works best for you. 